This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. We're here with uh, Olivier Chetin, a professor at HEC Paris, who is also an academic senior fellow at Wharton's Mac Institute for Innovation Management. He's here with us to talk about his paper on value creation strategies. Welcome. Hi, Deborah. Uh, I'm very glad that you're having me to, to speak about uh, to talk about that, that paper. Uh, we so. If I, maybe I can start with giving you a small summary of what the paper is about and why we why we wrote it. Sure. So the the paper is uh, is essentially a methodology to to understand how firms in a buyer to buyer context are able to create value for their customers when they are selling multiple lines of business to the same customer. So so very often you have firms that are. Um, that are actually uh, selling different products to the same buyer because the buyer is interested in having some kind of one-stop shop. This is something that you see a lot with professional firms, uh, like consulting firms or, or law firms. Uh, actually, our paper is set in the context of, uh, of law firms, but you would also see that, for instance, uh, if you look at some equipment uh, manufacturer who are going to be selling multiple types of parts to the same uh, OEM, like you would see that in aeronautics and also in uh, the automobile industry. So so we think that it's very important to understand how uh, the fact that you are selling multiple types of products to the same buyer is actually creating value. And uh, we, we realize that there are many reasons why you might be creating value by doing that. Uh, and our paper is an attempt at uh, figuring out why it is the case. Uh, and we do that by, in the end, uh, estimating what creates value for, uh, for a given client. Uh, and there are basically two reasons why you may be creating value. One is because you're actually good. You're selling a good product individually. Uh, but we're also interested in understanding when, when, when is it that selling multiple products is creating additional value uh, in, on top of the value created by each, pro- each product. So what are your paper's key takeaways here? So, so one thing that surprised us uh, is that when we started the paper, we had the, the notion that uh, it's necessarily good to sell multiple products to the same buyer, and that uh, in the case of the professional firms we were looking into, it really made sense for them to sell multiple uh, products because they would use what they learn in one area to serve to have to provide a better service in the other area. Uh, so we had this this idea that well, if you especially if you're a lawyer, a, a law firm, and you're you're helping your your clients, say, in merchant acquisition, but also in uh, capital markets and maybe in real estate, all at the same time, you can really cross-fertilize these things. Uh, so we started from that assumption. But what we found was that actually, it's, even for a firm like this, it's still difficult to add one more uh, line of business. And that the real hurdle is, uh, is really to create relationship in the first place. And why do you think that is? So uh, that, that's something that we really had to, 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 to think harder. Uh, and what we think is that, uh, 
chief of the law firms we are looking into that every time, even though you may know the client well, each time it's on a slightly different subject, you really have to start over and, and learn a lot about the client uh, on one hand. Uh, an alternative explanation is that some clients are very wary of having uh, one supplier of service serving multiple areas. So even though you might be the best expert for me, uh, if you're already my best expert for two or three other subjects in, in, in law, uh, I may want to have to deal with someone else because I might be afraid that uh, if I get all the information from the same supplier, I may be missing out on some, some important uh, themes. Or, so I, I might have a preference for diversity in terms of inputs which uh, was something that is apparently more important than the, the savings you can realize by bundling all this product together. So in that case, what should businesses and organizations do? Uh, so in the end, what, what we find is still that a lot of these firms, they, they still adopt the, the, the model of one-stop shop. Uh, because even though it's costly to add one more uh, type of product, uh, and to each time I want to supply you, is still expensive for me, and so there's value that's destroyed there. It, it turns out that it's even more value destructive to 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 create one more relationship from from scratch. So firms have to to organize uh, or to be very savvy about balancing the the need to have multiple suppliers knowing that the big cost is really to create one new relationship with any supplier. Uh, so on one hand, they have to, to really make sure that they have just enough suppliers, they, the type of suppliers they have. But at the same time, they need to be able to, uh, to realize that, well, even though these suppliers are there, we already know them, uh, it, it's not asking something else from a current supplier is not a free lunch. So they still are going to, to incur new costs. So there's a, you really have to think hard about the portfolio of supplier you want to have, uh, because even though qualifying them is expensive, asking them to do more once they are qualified is also expensive. And this is the second type of cost is something that you, you may uh, underestimate. Is there an optimal way to execute a one-stop shop, or are you saying that organizations should stay away from that? No, I, I think it's a good thing uh, in, in most cases, uh, but it's a bit more complicated than we initially thought. Uh, we thought that, oh, of course, it's, you know, when, in one-stop shop, it's all about you create that relationship and then you leverage it, uh, and then you are able to, uh, to, to really create synergies. But what it turns out that synergies are harder to realize than one might have thought, at least in the setting where we're studying. Uh, and that uh, it's, uh, well, it's harder than we thought, essentially. Uh, so you want to organize, as a provider one-stop shop, it's very important for you to, uh, to show that you're good in each of the areas you want to provide. Uh, so on one hand, you want to have at least one that's very good, so you can justify the, the cost of, qualifying, of being qualified uh, as a supplier. And then you need to be good enough in the others in order to also be uh, used and tapped into once you become a qualified supplier. However, uh, it turns out that uh, we being qualified is, is just the beginning, uh, and you, you still it's still going to be costly to use you. Uh, and the, as a buyer, you might underestimate the, the fact that the new supplier, even though you know them for one type of product for in one area of work. 
they will still need to be retrained, even though it seems that you've been dealing with them for four years. So the fact that they have to switch product or to add a new product is, is actually more costly and harder than you think. Uh, so as a buyer, you still want to use them, but you should maybe lower your expectations in terms of how much they can deliver, at least initially. It sounds like your conclusions debunk some widely held uh, uh, assumptions in the marketplace about one-stop shops. Um, what sets your research apart from prior work in this area? So, uh, so the finding about bit indeed a bit uh, unexpected for us, and, and actually I had prior work that was, but where I assumed that things were maybe easier than what we thought. So it was kind of. Um, counterbalancing some of my earlier work, and it was that came as a big surprise. Now, I really want to put a word about the the methodology what we are using here, because what we are so, so you know for for businesses, it's usually very hard to understand what creates value, and uh, managers don't necessarily have a lot of data to do that, and especially in situations where you, you see there are multiple competitors, but when they are long-term relationships, it's not clear. You know who's working with whom, but you don't necessarily know how much they pay for that and what exactly is the service we are getting. Uh, but with our methodology here, we are able to to use relatively sparse information just about who's working with whom at the level of the market to really infer a lot about what customers value. And that's something that we that is a bit new to, to strategic management as a method. And while there's a lot of methods in in economics that tend to require the, to know prices, here we don't need to know prices. We just need to know who's working with whom and can already infer a lot out of that. So I, I felt that uh, the methodology is really at the beginning of something that we are borrowing from, from econometrics. Uh, this is something that ultimately will, will help firms understand better what customer value in a way that uh, doesn't is not asking for too much data, but although you it's a lot of analysis, but a lot of firms already have those data. They know who's working with whom about what subject, and that's already enough to make some very good educated guesses as to what matters for the customers. So, what will you do next as a follow-up to this research? Uh, well, we're not totally done with it, so we're still pushing the paper to, for, towards uh, publication because it's, uh, to some extent, it's very innovative, uh, I think, and it was very difficult to to make the paper accessible even to, to research audience. Uh, one of the next steps that my co-author, Denisa Mindrutsa, who's also at HSA Paris, uh, and, and I are, are taking is to, to release some uh, open source uh, software uh, that will be accessible uh, in order to, to apply that methodology. Uh, that's something that has already been done by uh, one of our, uh, by, by, by Professor of Economics, uh, Jeremy Fox, uh, but this is something that we want to, to be able to, to be used by most people. Uh, so the next step is really to, to make that methodology accessible to, to more researchers and ultimately we hope it's going to percolate into uh, the world of practice. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Deborah. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.